Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today, I'm joined by a real font of knowledge when it comes to rhododendrons. He's the chairman of the RCMG, the Rhododendron Camellia and Magnolia Group. It's David Millay. My thanks to Westland Horticulture, sponsors of this podcast, and of course, my long-suffering producer, Charlie Jones. Beautiful weather this week, although the rough wind on Tuesday didn't help my runner beans, chrysants and dahlias. We usually get one of those blasts each autumn. Even so, lovely days, blue skies and the autumn shades just becoming apparent. It's interesting to see how flower colours deepen, especially on roses. I mean, it's much the same in the spring with tulips. Those grown indoors in softer conditions are paler coloured, while those outside are much stronger. The roses, they really do deepen as the days shorten and the nights cool. I went to the uh, University College graduation in the cathedral at Chelmsford, and the florists there had decorated the stage mostly with uh, imported sort of subtropical plants and flowers and I thought that was a great pity and by chance I'd brought 40 of those uh, gerberas back from Four Oaks and so I think I'll deliver those to Riddle College and the students can start to use with stuff which has been grown here. You know I think we need to uh, integrate the way we train young people so that those that grow stuff are linked in with the florists who use it as cut arrangements and also feed into the landscape design people. At my village school, where I nipped into the garden club quite regularly, the grounds maintenance people drive me balmy. About two or three times a year, they come with hedge trimmers, and they lollipop everything. Doesn't matter what it is, or what time of the year, it just gets chopped back into a round or a box. There are a couple of red roses that had an ash seedling and a slow, you know, the old prunus spinosa, growing up in amongst the rows, and they just prune the whole thing back to a cube. We need more people who understand what they're doing when it comes to pruning and cutting. And then, of course, on uh, the Monday and Tuesday last week, it was the Glee exhibition at the NEC in Birmingham. Boy, there were a lot of people there. And that's been a part of the reason for going. It's not just the exhibits and what's on the various stands, but also as you walk between the, the displays, you keep bumping into people. I mean, I couldn't walk more than three or four yards and you'd bump into somebody and hear about this or that. For example, the uh, company Scott's 
formerly ICI, who sold all kinds of garden products. Then they were bought by Scott's, introduced the Miracle Grow brand, who also sell, of course, Levington compost and evergreen lawn care materials. Well, they've brought all that together, and next year you're going to have to look for a new kind of signing because all of their brands will be brought together, and the packs will say Miracle Grow in a roundel and then Evergreen beneath it. So the company is really in the UK and Europe, called Evergreen. Glee also had its uh, awards, and when it comes to plants, then uh, Agapanthus Fireworks was uh, judged the best new plant at the show. Uh, I was pretty pleased because we happened to have it as an offer to readers on Saturday. So we certainly picked that one, uh, and were in full agreement with the judges. But other things that uh, caught my eye, I see that Peckish, the brand for bird food, have a squirrel-proof suet pellet. Apparently, if you mix red-hot pepper powder in with suet, the squirrels don't like that pepper at all, and the birds can't taste it. And so you have something which you can put out for the birds, and the squirrels won't nick. When it came to products then um, a soil improvement called Blooming Amazing, coming out of Cornwall, was judged the best new product. Uh, That's recycled material, you know. The garden trade is really looking in the direction of recycling, uh, and I'm told it's already selling very well indeed. And meantime, at this time of year, you can sow quite a number of hardy annuals. But the timing is quite important. You need to sow larkspur first, you know. So if you see a packet of larkspur anywhere, and it needs to be fresh seed, it doesn't germinate very well if it's old seed, if you sow that now, it takes two or three weeks to germinate. And then a week or two later, you can sow things like calendula, pot marigold, cornflower and nigella. They germinate much more quickly. And what you want to do is to get a seedling that's big enough and strong enough to survive through the winter, but not so big and lush that it's knocked out by rough wind and frost. So uh, I'll keep reminding you of the right times to sow things. I mean, the last pretty well to go in are sweet peas, and then we'll be sowing those on the 10th of October. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Always gives me pleasure to chat to people whose skills in the nursery trade uh, I respect and admire. And, and one such is uh, David Millay of Millay Nurseries in Surrey, who are uh, really the country's specialists when it comes to rhododendrons. How are things, David, down in deepest Surrey? Well, we've had a uh, pretty interesting summer with the uh, drought. Uh, Rhododendrons, as you're well aware, are moisture-loving plants, so they haven't enjoyed this summer. Um, But having said that, if you can get water to them, they've come through really, really well. And, uh, in fact, our crops are looking superb. We we managed to get enough water onto the plants, and um, they're looking excellent this autumn. Where people are growing them in containers, and they often do get a bit dry, the sure sign is the outer edge of the leaves curve down and round, don't they? They give you plenty of warning. Um, You know, as long as you're looking after those plants or having a look at them every day or so, they really do give you some warning that they're unhappy. And uh, it's just a matter of getting water to them when they are unhappy and they respond very quickly and if you can get water to them sort of uh, we, we you know out of the heat of the day so either early morning or late in the evening and uh, a good soak once a week or twice a week in the really hot weather uh, we think works much better than just a little sprinkle um, you know give them enough water for that water to get right down into the bottom of the pot and then those roots have to go and look for it. And uh, that little bit of sort of looking for water is better than mollycoddling them with just a little spray on the top. Yeah, you know, th- you, with all plants, we need to get the roots out into the soil, don't we? That's the biggest right. spread yeah. as possible. Yeah. Now, can you just sort of run through the range of rhododendrons and azaleas that you offer? Well, we've got probably the biggest range in the country, if not the world. I mean, we're doing about 800 different varieties of rhododendron. There are actually more than 30,000 registered rhododendrons nowadays. I mean, there's just far too many. So, yeah, any new one has got to be outstanding, and we are working on new ones. But our range will vary from uh, evergreen azaleas, deciduous azaleas, dwarf rhododendrons, which are sort of more, the more alpine ones with small foliage, through the Yakushimanum varieties, the compact-growing ones from uh, Japan. Originally found growing in uh, Yakushima Island in Japan. And then through to the hardy hybrids, the the main rhododendrons that most people associate as as a rhododendron, the tall-growing hardy hybrids, big blousy flowers, typically in uh, April, May and early June. And then we have a good range of the rare and interesting species that have found their way from the Himalayas um, and, and through from Asia and even from uh, the azaleas from the west, coast, from west and east coast of America. Yeah. Now, if, if um, listeners are interested in some of these um, rarer and more unusual kinds, uh, um, 
can they get information on your website? Uh, yes, we've just rebuilt the website, so we've got full descriptions and pictures uh, of these ones. And, um, yeah, the, there's a good range there, very good range there. The difficulty is trying to find those ones you know, that, that, that you want. But uh, we, we've designed it so you can filter through for the, for the types and the characteristics of plant that you're looking for, whether that be flowering in... Uh, we, we could, we could, you could select the flowering in uh, different months or height after 10 years or scent or all these features that you might want to uh, select to plant in your garden. Well, and, and can, you, can I draw you on a little bit? Um, I really like the deciduous azaleas, uh, in part because uh, some of them have really nice fragrance. And, and you've got the autumn colour coming too, haven't you? Absolutely. The deciduous azaleas are not stocked very well by the garden centres, but it always amazes me how many we do sell and or we grow and sell um, because I think people find us because you can't get them elsewhere. But the, they, they, they're a wonderful plant. You know, you get you can have them either the really most subtle, small flowered ones um, in pastel colours. Uh, flowering in April and May, or you can have the big, blousy, big leaf, big flowered ones, you know, huge flowers in bright oranges and reds that are just outstanding for a bit of colour. Um, so you've got that two completely different types of flower in the spring, but then, as you say, some of them are scented. Uh, it was a really good scent. The most scented of them all is the common lutium, the bright yellow one. Um, so you've got good scent in the spring as well. And then following on from about now onwards, uh, so September through October and into November, certainly some of them have got wonderful autumn colours, oranges, reds and scarlets. And uh, yeah, so these these plants have got sort of three or four uh, features to give interest through the year. Yeah, Uh, um, a variety that immediately comes to mind, in part because my son works for Unilever, is the variety Purcell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we always always have one of those in the the family garden somewhere. Um, Can you give us one or two other names? Purcell's a wonderful white with a yellow centre, and it's scented. And, uh, you know, that's certainly a choice variety. but uh, other ones with a nice scent, uh, slightly more subtle than Persil, is Daisyi, a nice pinky white one. Um, that, that's got a lovely scent on it. Um, and a lot of the Oxton-Taley hybrids, now those Oxton-Taley hybrids uh, originate from the west coast of America, uh, and they've got a good scent on them, and are typically pinky white in colour. And also the viscosum hybrids. Now, those are the so-called the swamp um, honeysuckle. And those have also got a lovely scent on them. And, and they're, they're mainly from the east coast of America uh, originally. Um, and some of those have got lovely glaucous blue foliage as well. Uh, and that's a characteristic that we've been trying to breed into our uh, azaleas. And in fact, we've got some with the um, midsummer. We've called them the midsummer range. So they're much later than normal, and we've had them flowering in late June, and we launched a whole series of them at Hampton Court Flower Show a few years ago, so that was early July. I was just going to ask you about that, yes, because that was very strong in my memory. That was a stunning exhibit, and, I mean, you you won five RHS gold medals on the trot. Yeah, yes, we have. Yep, we're, we're going for another one, and hopefully going for another one next year at Chelsea Flower Show next year. Um where we'd be um, 
celebrating hopefully the um, centenary of uh, Exbury Gardens, so uh, that's something else to look forward to. Oh, goodness. Well, there's another world, isn't it? For, it is. If yeah. you need to see azaleas and rhododendrons in flower, you need to go there. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's about 200 acres, um, and they're celebrating the centenary of um, the Rothschild family planting that up um, 100 years ago. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're helping them celebrate their centenary with a, what should be a really good exhibit at Chelsea Flower Show next year. Goodness, I look forward to that. Now, <laughs> if I can take you off in another track entirely, uh, I mean, you're the boss of the Rhododendron Camellia and Magnolia Group, aren't you? Aren't you mm-hmm. sitting in the chair there? The Rhododendron Camellia and Magnolia Group, uh, yes. Uh, so I've been, doing, I've been chairman now for nearly five years. And um, this used to be one of the groups within the RHS, and uh, then uh, they wanted to devolve all the groups, so we set up on our own, and uh, then we obtained uh, charity status ourselves um, in a couple of years ago. Uh, so we've got about 700 members around the world, uh, all really keen members or interested in rhododendrons, camellias and magnolias, as a group of plants, as a group of ericaceous plants, rather than just one particular species of plant. We, we, you know, there's a group of plants that we're all interested in. They go very nicely together. And, uh, yeah, we're just very fortunate that um, we just learned this month that uh, uh, His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, is, uh, will become our uh, our patron, so we're delighted to announce that as well. Goodness, yeah. Well, congratulations on that. What does it cost to be a member of the group? Oh, it's, it's very reasonable, £20 a year. Oh, right. Uh, and for that, you'll get uh, three interesting bulletins and a first-class uh, yearbook um, with lots of detailed articles about the three genera that we represent. Uh, and, it, and it's a really good yearbook that uh, Roy Lancaster has described as the best yearbook of all the plant societies. Time I joined, isn't it? <laughs> hey? Yes, certainly be welcome. To um, <laughs> but, but when I read the notice that uh, His Royal Highness has joined as patron, there was always a mention of magnolias at Canterbury Cathedral. Now, what's that all about? Yes, the uh, Amos Picard Nursery uh, was a local nursery, uh, local to Canterbury. Um, and he, Amos Picard bred quite a number of interesting magnolias. Uh, and one of the uh, things that the Rhododendron Camellia Magnolia Group uh, are doing as part of our centenary plant conservation plans is to put con- uh, groups of plants in secure garden trusts around the country. And uh, we knew that uh, Canterbury Cathedral had a few magnolias in their grounds, and uh, they have welcomed the opportunity to uh, host a good collection of the Amos Picard uh, camellias within the grounds of Canterbury Cathedral. And uh, we've donated uh, a number of uh, plants to them, um, and there's more going in as we locate more plants. But... uh, some of these plants are becoming quite rare, um, so it's, it's nice to find them before they disappear and to put them into secure locations where, where they can be seen by the public. You know, if you think of uh, the Stellata codifars, I mean, they're great small garden plants. They're great they? small yeah. garden plants, but they are a little bit prone to uh, late spring frosts, um, so you just have to watch out for those. But no, they are great spring 
uh, spring plants, and they, yes, they're absolutely right. They will tolerate those, that slightly um, neutral neutral soil. So it's, it's a plant for any garden. They really, they yeah. really are. And and all kinds of things are being done with the really large flowered magnolias. The Jury family in uh, New Zealand are bringing out some really quite remarkable things. The camellia breeding, sorry. Magnolia. <laughs> the magnolia breeding uh, over the last 10 years has been, or 10 or 15 years, has been absolutely outstanding. Um, whether that be the August Keir in America or the Jury family in uh, New Zealand or many other people, there's, there's Morris Foster in this country doing some wonderful breeding as oh, well. Really? Yeah. Um, there's some superb new magnolias coming on the market. And, and again, it, it's one of these things where there's almost so many coming through that I'm sure there'll be a sort out in a few years' time. But some of the yellows in particular, the late flowering yellow ones, are just superb. And of course, because they're yellow, they're missing the frosts. And they're really wonderful things like um, Lois or um, Honey Liz. There's some really good new yellows coming through. Is there a very dark one? Is it called black tulip? Or the something? black tulip, yep, that's a New Zealand plant. Um, and no one's quite got to the bottom of why they perform and flower so much darker uh, and the colour is so much more intense in New Zealand um, compared with when you bring them over to the UK. We think it's something to do with the uh, um, light intensity in, the, in New Zealand um, but yes, they, they, they do look good in the UK, but not as fantastic as they look in, in New Zealand. I was surprised when I went over to New Zealand in November um, how good the roses were. You know, the, the hybrid tea roses had a much larger head, had sort of more strength. And, and it must be just the clean, clean air and, and strong sunlight, it, I feel. It, 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 it's such an easy growing climate. I mean, they, they, they don't have the frosts, they don't have the... Uh, cold winds. I mean, it, it is a paradise for plants over there, really. And then can we just go on quickly to camellias? I went onto our garden centre just before Christmas uh, and they had a little tiny, or tiny, 11 centimetre pots, three cuttings uh, with uh, the saluensis type camellia in full red flower. How on earth do people get camellias to flower when they're just six or nine inches high? I haven't seen those, I'm afraid, Peter. Um, but certainly the Sasanqua uh, camellias, um, they are um, there's some nice ones uh, that do flower through the autumn. And um, certainly the, uh, some of the Australian breeders have been breeding. There's a paradise series of Sasanqua camellias, um, which are fl- stunning flowers, mainly in whites, pinks and reds. Uh, but they're actually being recommended as growing for uh, low hedging and um, yeah, yeah they're, they're great performers uh, uh, Mentioning hedges uh, I did see um, a circular hedge of camellia in New Zealand and it was absolutely stunning uh, you know the leaves aren't quite as big as laurel, they're really dark rich shiny green, it made a fantastic hedge. But... It's not something that people think about growing as a hedge over in this country but yeah camellias do make a great hedge uh, the only proviso is that is if you have deer, the deer do love them. But um, if you haven't got the deer, a camellia does make a fantastic hedge with that. Any, any camellia makes a fantastic hedge, but the Sasanquas do give you that um, real burst of colour through the autumn, which you don't normally have. And a bit of fragrance again. And a bit of fragrance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David, 
you know, we've talked about um, lots of different kinds of uh, ericaceous plants here today. Um, can people come to your nursery and see them? Uh, certainly, yes. We've got a plant centre uh, that's open uh, five days a week, Monday to Friday. And then we open uh, through on Saturdays as well in the, in the season, in the spring season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're pleased to have visitors here. And we also send plants out online all over the country and at the moment all over Europe. What's on? Well, at the Royal Horticultural Society Gardens in Wisley, on the 22nd of September, they've got the Heather Show. You know, if you, in the 60s and 70s, heathers and dwarf conifers were all the rage, and, and then they sort of dropped out of favour, which was a real shame. There are some fantastic heathers that bring uh, colour from this time of the year right the way round to May. And if you, uh, you know, prepare a bit of land quite well, um, get them nicely planted and established, they won't need any attention for 10 or 15 years and they'll give you carpets of colour. They really are stunning things. And so if you've got a minute or two, and you're anywhere near the south of England, 22nd of September, RHS Wisley Heather Show. And if you can't make that, most garden centres will now be taking in fresh stock of the autumn, winter and early spring flowering heathers. And I suggest you plant just a group or two three or four in a patch Kramer's red very large flat good red winter flowering heather that's a good one to look for thanks again to Westland Horticulture sponsors of this podcast and thanks to you for listening enjoy your garden we'll be back next Thursday discover more at sungardening.co.uk Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.